Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. Well, good morning, everyone. God bless you. It is a pleasure to have you in the house of the Lord on a Thanksgiving weekend. Come on, give yourselves a round of applause. Amen. It is always good to have you here. I want to take time and express our gratitude to those of you at home, as well as those of you here as well, for the love that you've expressed to my wife and myself, our family, for pastor's appreciation. I know we kept kicking the can down the road and so forth, but you guys honored us so, so greatly. Thank you so much on behalf of my wife and myself. Thank you for your generosity and your love. We love you all so much and appreciate you greatly. Uh, it just uh, also wanted to say to Jessica uh, Martinez, what a wonderful job you did this past week with Operation Christmas Child, all the efforts that you put into making that happen. I want to say thank you. I also want to invite those of you that have been part of our Married Couples Life House that have been joining us at our house for the past year uh, where we've been gathering and, uh, and getting together for a time of fellowship and Bible study. This Friday night, we have a Married Couples uh, fellowship that's taking place, a little Christmas party at our house. And uh, if you've been part of our married couples gatherings before, we want to invite you to come join us for that again. If you haven't and you'd like to join us, uh, just reach out to us so we can give you the address so that you can come join us this Saturday, this Friday at six o'clock or at seven o'clock, excuse me. Would you stand to your feet? Let's get into the word this morning. Amen. Hey, God bless you guys. Good to see you. I'm excited. Second service, we get to dedicate baby Zara. Uh, Sepha and Yaz's daughter. That little miracle baby that was born a year ago yesterday and uh, born over 25 weeks early and wasn't expected to make it and God showed up. Amen. So what a miracle baby we got there. We've been speaking about I am CWC. Everyone say that with me. I am CWC. CWC is about love God, love people, and because of that love for God and the love for people, it should change the world. Amen. Now, you might not be able to change the whole world, but you can change yours. Amen. Come on, Say it again, Pastor. You may not be able to change the whole world, but you can transform yours. Amen. When you love God, the love of God helps you love people. In fact, as you read the word, the, the word's very bold on that. How can you say you love God who you can't see, but hate your brother who you can't see? The word calls you a liar at that point. And so our love for one another expresses our love for God. If you want to get this right, you have to make sure that this is right. Our relationship with God determines our relationship with others. When we have a bad relationship with others, it goes right back to our relationship with God. And you recognize our vertical relationship connects our horizontal relationships, which makes the sign of the cross. It's the cross that redeems us, that gives us that ability to connect. We love God by our following, by our service, by our giving, and by our love for one another. Pastor Nick tore it up last week on loving people through honoring and through healing. Today, I want to talk to you about life-giving relationships. That CWC has to be a place of life. 
that because of someone's encounter with you, they have a new level of life. And then as a result of that, we also have to be a people of reaching out. It can't be us four and no more. We, we can't just huddle in a small group, but a small clique and not allow anyone else to come in. We have to be inclusive as Jesus told us to go. If you have your Bibles, open with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. I want to read to you in verse 8. As, you, as you're turning there, I want to encourage you today that your love for God as you give life-giving relationships gives us the ability to reach out, which causes the church to grow, the body of Christ to grow. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8 puts it this way. We loved you so much that we shared with you not only God's good news, but our own lives too. We didn't just share with you God's word. We shared our very lives with you. Amen. Bow your heads as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I want you to understand, for those of you at home, those of you here, when, when, when they do surveys to find out about how people came to know the Lord, when they do surveys, they found that less than 2% of people that come to church came because of an evangelical outreach, a, a Billy Graham crusade, a city crusade, less than 2%. When they, they go to other numbers, when they find out, you know, did, did you come to church because of an invitation of a flyer or something like that, it's under 2% as well. The highest percentage of people coming to know the Lord is usually because a friend invited them. There is no more powerful tool than friendship. There's no pow more powerful tool than to have a relationship with someone to bring them into the kingdom of heaven. And so I want you to recognize that the Bible is a book of relationships. Whether we're talking about God to Adam or whether we're talking about Moses to Joshua or Elijah to Elisha. Whether we're talking about Paul to Timothy or Jesus to the disciples. The whole Bible is a book of relationships. And so if you're uncomfortable with relationships, the Bible is going to make you feel uncomfortable because the Bible is all about a book of relationships. And the Apostle Paul, when he went into a region, he didn't just share the word with them. He shared his very life. And see, when we share our lives with people, you invest into someone, and now there's a connection there. There are some of your marriages here that if, if, if some marriages fell apart, it would be difficult for me. But for some of you, if your marriage fell apart, it would be devastating to me. Why? Because I've invested into that marriage. I've invested into that relationship. Yes. We're not just friends. I've poured time. I've poured effort. I've poured counseling into your, your, your relationship to your life. So I have something invested there it's like a business you invest in a business you want that business to succeed when we take time to have an investment in people we do our best to make sure they succeed come on you see we need one another somebody say amen even God himself said it is not good for man to be alone life-giving relationships are important Check this out. Jesus' words challenged people, but his life transformed them. The words you say can impact someone, but the life you live can transform them. And so I can give you a word, but when I share my life with you, now we've gone to another level of investment. You see, we were created 
for relationship. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. I love this. The very first account of God and Adam having an interaction was God forming Adam out of the dust of the ground. He forms him. He's playing in the clay. He takes time to form him. He takes time to, to, to uh, form out his face, his hands, his feet. Yeah, he's playing in the clay and he's playing in the mud. That's the first mud pie that we see in the word of God. He sits there and he forms him out. And after he does this, look at this, Genesis 2, 7. Then the Lord formed man from the dust of the ground, and then he breathed the breath of life into the man's nostril, and the man became a living being. That word breath literally means this. It means to breathe or to blow, to give life. It's literally uh, the, the word that's used for inspiration, that when someone's inspired, the breath of God that God shared with them was inspiration. As a result, Result, listen carefully. As a result of Adam's encounter with God, Adam went from a clump of clay to a living being. Oh, no, you didn't catch that. You, you totally missed that. This clump of clay had an encounter with God. And God came and breathed into this clump of clay and he became a living being. I came to tell you this morning that no matter how dead you may feel, when you have an encounter with God and you come face to face with God, no matter what's dead in your life will come alive when you have a God encounter. Oh, come on. Somebody say amen this morning. When God shared his breath with Adam, he was actually sharing his life. That was the first account of CPR, mouth to mouth. God came face to face with Adam and shared his breath with him. You see, CWC Bay Area, we have to be a place that gives life to people. We have to be people that breathe life into marriages, breathe life into children, breathe life into families, breathe life into those breaking addiction. We have to be a place that breathes life into those that are dead. And, oh, come on, somebody. It's not about just living a good life. It's about taking the breath that you've been given and start sharing that breath with other people. He says to breathe life. I, I want you to notice God first forms Adam out of the dust of the ground. Then God comes close to him. You missed it. Formed him and then comes close to him. You're trying to have a life-giving encounter with God without being close to him. Come on now, come on. You cannot experience the breath of God apart from him. He's not a weekend thing. He's a face-to-face -face daily relationship that you have. You can't give life if you don't have life. You're, you're trying to speak to other marriages while yours is dying. You're trying to encourage someone spiritually where you're on, you're on life support. You have to understand, you got to stay close to the source of life in order to give life. Oh, I'm preaching right now and you don't even know it. He breathed into him. You see, you have to be close to someone in order to receive their breath. I said, you have to be close to someone in order to receive their breath. I want you to see a couple things that, that God did in regards to Adam. First thing I want you to see is this. God saw beyond the dirt. Please say that again, Pastor. I, you know what? I think the Thanksgiving is still kind of overflowing <laughs> you guys right now because God saw beyond the dirt in Adam. Well, other people would have saw a clump of clay and just stepped over it. 
God saw value in the dirt. God doesn't disregard you because of your dirt. God doesn't throw you away because of your dirt. God doesn't ignore you because of your dirt. In fact, I came to tell you that sometimes it's because of your dirt that God draws close to you. And God says, I can use that. I can breathe life to that. And I can take the dirt of your past and bring about a resurrection in the lives of other people. God formed him out of the dirt. And then God used that very dirt to create Adam. God can use the dirt you came out of. He can use your past in order to make something great. God took time to form him. Amen. And God used dirt. Someone say dirt. Dirt. You dirt bags. <laughs> God took your dirt yes. to create life. Amen. Amen. I need you to understand God got his hands dirty for Adam. That's right. Oh. Good. Yeah. Good. And he's gotten his hands dirty for you. Amen. On a cross. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. God can use your dirt. Secondly, I want you to see that God spoke life Amen. where there was none. Come on now. Can you speak life to someone around you? Can you see the beyond the dirt in someone's life to be able to speak life where yeah. there's no life? Can you, can you as a, as a wife, stand there over your marriage and speak life when your husband's dead spiritually? Can you stand up and speak life over your finances when everything is going downhill? Can you speak life over your body when your body is sick and the doctor says there's only a couple more months? Can you stand there and begin to speak life where there's no evidence of life? We need some people at CWC Bay Area that have the ability to rise up and speak life where there's no life. To speak hope where there's no hope. To see beyond the condition and say, I know your situation, but I speak life. Got to speak life where there is none. He saw the life. God saw life before he breathed it. He used his words to create an atmosphere to be able to breathe life. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13 says, Since we have the same spirit. Someone say same spirit. spirit. Not a like spirit. Not, not, not a close spirit, not an imitation spirit. The same spirit of faith according to what has been written, I believe and so I spoke. We also believe and so we speak. What, what, what's he saying? When you believe something, speak it. The problem is this. We are speaking our negativity rather than speaking our faith. You speak into existence more because the word of God says in the book in Numbers, God tells the children of Israel this, as you've spoken in my hearing, let it be unto you. I don't agree with what you say. It may be contrary to my word, but because you spoke it and you have authority over your marriage, over your environment, over your community, I'm going to come into agreement with the words you spoke. So as you spoke in my hearing, let it be unto you. You got to be careful what you whisper in the quiet place. 
You got to be careful what you say when you're in an argument. You got to be careful what you say when you're in a time of depression. Oh, I'm never going to break this addiction. My marriage is never going to be whole. I'm never going to get out of this hole. We're always going to be addicted. We're always going to be broke. I'm always going to be sick. No, you are the head and not the tail. You are a lender and not a borrower. You are above and not beneath. God created you as an overcomer. And so no matter what your circumstances, I may be sick, but by his stripes, I am healed. My marriage may be struggling, but what God has joined together, let no man tear asunder. Someone needs your words to live again. I said, someone needs your words to live again. You got to start speaking. And some of you got to repent for the environment you've created. You're wondering why things aren't growing. It's because of the environment you're creating. Lastly, I want you to see, he says, don't just pray for life. Share it. I'm praying for you. Then walk away, but don't meet the need. What's the book of James say? In fact, let, let, me, let me, before I get to the book of James, look at Romans chapter 8, verse 11. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead, what? I'm sorry, I'm on the scripture now, okay? <laughs> the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead, Romans 8, 11, lives in you. Not around you, not next door, not in the same city, lives, lives, lives. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is where? In us. That's the same spirit that gave him the ability to walk on water. The same spirit that turned water into wine. The same spirit that called Lazarus out of the grave. I came to tell you today, it's not a like spirit. It's not a similar spirit. It is the exact same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is dwelling in you. That means there's no demon in hell that has the ability to stand against you, against your family, against your marriage, against the generations, against the promises of God. God has started in your life. Hell can't stop it. Same spirit. So you can make a choice to impress people, influence them, or impact them. James puts it this way. Dear friends, do you think you'll get anywhere in this if you learn all the right words but never do anything? We all know people that have the right words, but you still feel empty when they leave. You still got the need. Look, look what he says. Does merely talking about faith indicate that a person really has it? For instance, you come up against an old friend dressed in rags and half starved and say, good morning, friend. Be clothed in Christ. Just get out of here, you and your Christ. I'm freezing. I need a jacket. I need some clothes. And you come driving up in your Lexus and you tell me, be blessed, praying for you. 
and you got a blanket in your back seat, you got bags from Macy's in the back seat, and you say you're going to pray for me? You can't break me off a, a jacket. You don't have an old pair of pants that you can give. You don't have a pair of sweats that you don't even wear anymore because you don't work out. Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. Let's get back to this. Get back in the spirit. And he said, good morning, friend. Be clothed in Christ. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't want to be filled with the spirit of God if that's the way he responds to needs. It's been said that there's five Gospels. There's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you. But the first four, most people will never read. You're the only Gospel most people are going to have an encounter with. What you do is going to show me who Christ is. And the CWC, we have to be a place of life-giving spirit. We need to go to those that are, that are, on, that, 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 that are on oxygen and breathe life to them. We got to go to those that are on ventilators and breathe life to them. We got to take those that are spiritually dead and dying and can't breathe and speak. Oh, come on, somebody, speak life. And walk off without providing so much as a coat or a cup of soup. Where does that get you? It's outrageous. Isn't it obvious that God talk without God acts is outrageous nonsense? I love that. Outrageous nonsense. Don't, don't give me your scripture without giving me an answer. A solution. See, someone needs the life that's in you. I want to ask you a question. Who can you share life with today? Who needs the breath you have? Who is out there that feels like they're breathing through a straw right now in their marriage, in their finances, in their walk with God, that literally can't breathe and they need you to be life to them? First Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 8, as we go on to the second part in reaching out. Everyone say reaching out. Reaching out. So, so we love God. We love people through honor, through healing through life-giving relationships, and lastly, we love people through reaching out. You know, in, in the church, we're always telling people to come. But God told us to go. This is just our rallying point. This is just our chalk talk for those of you that played sports. Well, we're in the locker room right now. This isn't the game. This is our chalk talk. This is before we go hit the field. We just gather here weekly to give you the encouragement, to give you the tools, to give you the strategy to go out into the world and bring souls back into the kingdom. There are people that need life. And you found life. You found, you found the cure to cancer. You found the cure to COVID. And you're holding on to it and not sharing it with anyone. You know what's going to make heaven hell? Is when you're in heaven knowing that there's people that should be there with you. But that we didn't share Jesus with them. Because that's personal. While we're wearing these coats that have a big G on it for Green Bay. Wearing a jersey that has Tim Brown's number on it. I'm a Raider fan. 
By the way, Raiders won on Thanksgiving Day. Stop evil. I'm gonna give a little life-giving shout out to all you cowboy fans out there. You know what? Actually, none of my only one of my cowboy fan uh, ushers showed up to church this week. Love people. <laughs> I love you, Brother Dave. You know what? You know, during the game, I got a text message from Brother Dave. You ready to come, to the, come over to the Cowboys? Love people. Love people. Reach out. Reach out. Love people. Love people. Romans chapter 15, verse 7. Still with me before we close. Okay. So reach out and welcome one another to God's glory. I love that. So reach out and welcome one another to God's glory. Jesus did it. Now you do it. Okay? I want you to understand something. That word reach out literally means to take, to take along, to take aside, to welcome, to receive, to accept, to partake. And I want you to understand it, refer, it refers to how the way that we're supposed to accept people or welcome people into the kingdom of heaven. Accepting all believers. That we bring people in. But the problem with church is that we begin to look a certain way. And we forget how we look when we got here. And so we want people to look like us after 30 years when they're only there for one day. And you don't even look all that well. And yet I want you to understand that CWC has to be a place of reaching out. Our DNA was outreach. Our DNA was reaching out. Our DNA was going out to the streets. Our DNA has been on the streets, on the east side, cleaning up. When we started CWC, we spent the first seven months on the streets of Ocala, sweeping, mowing lawns, cleaning up the neighborhood, praying for people. We pastored the neighborhood, not a church. We got there and we just prayed for people. We were just there for them. We became their pastors. And you know what? Most of them never stepped a foot into the church service. But we are still reaching out. See, can you receive people that don't look like you? That are different than you? Different background, different culture, different generation, different tax bracket? I'm not, Pastor Dan, I'm I'm not prejudiced. Yeah, you are. Every one of us has a certain amount of prejudice in us. What's the word prejudice mean? It means to prejudge. Whenever you judge someone before you even talk to them, you're prejudiced. And we, we, we prejudge people not just based on race. But based on their economic background. Oh, you're addicted. Oh, so you must be. I can't try. And so before you know it, prejudice doesn't isn't just about race. It could be about economic background. It could be about religion. It could be about linguistics, what language you speak, your age, your gender, your political affiliation, your cultural background. Are you vaccinated, not vaccinated, Democrat or Republican? There is so much prejudice that is going on that is destroying us. But Jesus said that we had to be a people that reach out, even if they don't look like you vote like you act like you dress like you or speak like you oh come on somebody say amen Amen. 
I need you to understand as we get ready to close that it's bigger than just getting to heaven. Come on now. Some of us got our ticket to heaven. We're like, I'm cool. <laughs> I'm done, man. I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm not witnessing to my family because I don't want my family to be there. They get on my nerves here at Thanksgiving. <laughs> Imagine being in eternity in the mansions with them. I say that jokingly, but some of y'all are like, no, nah, I don't want that person in heaven. <laughs> what if someone said that about you and didn't share Jesus with you? John chapter 20, verse 21 says, The disciples, seeing their master with their own eyes, were exuberant. Jesus repeated his greetings to them and said, Peace be with you. Just as the Father sent me, I I send you. That word send is apostolos. But where have you heard apostolos? What's that sound like? Apostle. The Bible says, and he gave apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the edifying of the body, perfecting of the body. But the apostle wasn't even a religious statement. It was a Roman statement. It was a Roman word. And whenever Rome would go and defeat a nation or a, a region, they would send an apostle to that town. And that apostle would go in the first, the sent one. He represented all of Rome. And when he got there, he was responsible to make that place they defeated look like Rome. They were to get there and all of a sudden change how people dress, encourage them to take Roman culture, encourage them to speak like Rome, to act like Rome, to eat like Rome, and to, to have culture like Rome. And so they would go there, they would build new buildings, they would establish things that they had destroyed, and they would make that place look like Rome. Oh, someone's going to catch this in a moment. Jesus said, as the Father sent me, I send you. I apostolos you. I want you to go to your city, to your family. I want you to go to your job. I want you to go to your business. I want you to go to your neighborhood. And I want you to make your neighborhood look like heaven. I want you to make it look just the way mine looked. I want you to go and I want you to make your family look like heaven. That's our first priority is home. See, you're not here by accident. Amen. You're not where you're at by accident. You're there by assignment. God placed you where you're at. Why am I in this neighborhood? Why am I in this city? Why am I in, why am I in, am I in this community? God placed you there. So I need you to recognize this as I close. The cross isn't the finish line. It's the starting line. Salvation just gets you back to ground zero. To where now you have your dominion back that God gave us in the book of Genesis. It just gets us to our starting point. That's where he told, he told Adam, I want you to have dominion over this world. And he tells him in the book of Genesis, I want you to be fruitful. I want you to multiply. I want you to fill. And I want you to govern the earth. So he gives the mankind, this was mankind's statement of purpose. I want you to be fruitful. In other words, I want you to improve. I want you to flourish. I want you to make your surroundings better. Wherever you are at, things should be better because you're there. He says, I want you to be fruitful. I want you to multiply. 
Adam, wherever you go, I want you to multiply. I want you to grow. I want you to reproduce. I want you to add value wherever you go. Then I want you to fill. I don't want any place left empty. I want you to go in and I want you to occupy. I want you to increase. I want you to expand. I don't want you to settle. I want you then to subdue. That word subdue means lead, to conquer, to have dominion. I want you to rule your administer. I want you to rule your environment. Don't let your environment rule you. Listen. What's addiction? Pastor, I'm having a hard time to just breaking this alcohol addiction. What's alcohol but grapes? Come on now. But hops and barley. What's heroin but a plant? Cocaine but a plant. How can a plant have dominion over you? How can lust have dominion over you? It's a created being. God created you to have dominion, not to have things have dominion over you. And so after the cross, after Jesus dies and resurrects again, he reestablishes the cross wasn't just redemptive. It wasn't just to forgive your sins. It was restorative. It was giving you back your dominion, giving you back your authority, giving you back again the assignment that God gave to Adam to fill, to subdue, to multiply, and to be fruitful. Stand to your feet as we close. After Jesus dies and resurrects, he says this. Then Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority. I love how Bill Johnson explains this. If I have all the pie, how much do you have? Huh? Jesus says all authority. Satan has no authority. He had authority to a certain point. And when Jesus came, died on the cross, rose again, he took back any authority Satan had. That's why he says, all authority has been given unto me. That's exousia. Exousia, if you, you don't know what exousia is or what authority is, when you're driving home in that Porsche and you're speeding and you got Christmas lights show up behind you. That's not Santa and the reindeers coming to you. What do you do? Do you speed up when you see the lights behind you? Why? Why don't you? Because the exousia is on its way. You stop because they have the authority. Not just the gun. They have the authority. God gave us the dunamis, the power, the might. But we lost our exousia, our authority. The cross restores our authority so that we could walk also in our dunamis in the power that God you don't have to live under the circumstances you don't have to live under the problem you don't have to deal with the surroundings and just try to get by God created you as a leader to transform your environment not reflect it so he says this therefore go everyone say go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost.
What's Jesus do? He gives us a new breakdown that we had in the book of Genesis. Instead of fill, fruitful, multiply, go, make, baptize, teach. Amen. It's your assignment. It's not for you just to come to church. I came here today to get you game ready. Came to get you game ready. For this day that you get into the week, you start walking your week out, you start getting back into the business realm, you start getting back in that environment. I came to tell you that you're ready, that God has empowered you to be the head and not the tail, lenders and not borrowers, above and not beneath. So Father, I pray for every person in this place, heads bowed and eyes closed in this moment. Father, we just speak life. I speak hope. Lord, let every one of us be life-giving. Instead of life-sucking, let us be life-giving. There's some people we come in contact with who just suck the life out of you. Lord, let us be people that add life to those around us. Those at home right now, you're here right now and you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior. I want to speak life to you. If you'd like to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're here right now and maybe your walk with God isn't where it needs to be. On the count of three, I'm going to have you lift your hand in the air and just say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to dedicate my life to Christ. Ready? One. The Bible says it's appointed for man to die once, then comes judgment. Two. Search your heart. Why run from God when all he's going to do is love you when he catches you? As I say this final number, left to right, front to back, just lift your hand in the air. Ready? One, two, three. Yes, I see that hand back there. God bless you. Over here. God bless you. There in the back as well. God bless you as well. There in the back over here. God bless you. Amen. Anyone else? God bless you. You could put your hands down. Secondly, you're here and you would just say, Pastor, I want to be, bring life to people. I, I want to be a life giver. I want to add value to others. If that's you, would you lift your hand up in the air as well? Maybe others that would say, Pastor, I want to be one that's reaching out as well. I've been, I'm an introvert. Like me, I'm an introvert. The only time you see me extroverted is on the pulpit. Otherwise, I'm an introvert. If that's you, would you just lift your hand as well? Amen. Yes, I see those hands. I want to pray for the first call. Would you just say this? Everyone here, repeat this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I receive you now as Lord and Savior. I believe Jesus died on the cross and rose again on the third day because he loved me. He restored my purpose, gave me back my dominion, and I'm grateful for that. I make a decision today to be a follower of Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, believing in your heart that Jesus died on the cross and rose again, the Bible says that you are saved. And if you would, I want you to text the word ALIVE. Text the word ALIVE to 408 340-7703. That's 408 340 7703 text the word alive for those of you here that are in the church right now that have that raised your hand to receive Christ I'm going to invite you forward we have some people that want to pray with you connect with you for others that raised your hand for to be out to outreach more and to be life-giving would you lift your hands right where you are as well I want to pray with you as well father in this moment every hand that was raised my God of people that were given life from someone else let us now give life to others the best way we could show our gratitude for the life you gave me is by giving life to someone else 
Lord, I speak life right now to this family. I speak life to CWC Bay Area. Speak life to your marriage, to your finances. I speak life to your dreams, to your future, to your hopes. I speak life right now over you. I decree right now what the enemy said is dead is not dead. It's planted. And God is about to bring about increase in your life right now. That there's going to be blessing that's going to overflow. I prophesy to you right now that your best days are ahead, not behind you. That God's glory is about to break out upon you. That just like the sun rises, that, that there is a rising taking place right now of the glory of God over your lives. That you are going to begin to see and feel just a shift taking place in this, the, the final couple weeks of this year. You are preparing. God is preparing you for an outpouring. God is preparing you for something great. So, Father, we thank you right now for your blessings. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're going to open up the altars here. For those of you at home, listen, we love you. Come join us uh, for Christmas. We would love to see you. But until then, love God, love people, and let's change the world. God bless you this morning. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash CWC Bay Area.